Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Club Fitting Chronicles. I'm your host, Josh. Joining me today is Gene. How are you, Gene? I am good, and I have to give a quick shout out to the grandkids because they were wondering, don't you love us anymore, Papa? So, hey, Sammy. Hey, Emma. I love you. I'm glad that you got over your cold and you're not coughing all over me. Is that why you were sick? That's why you got yep. sick is because of the little grandbabies? Yep. Uh, how about that? So, Gene, um, as far as uh, going back to last week's topic, um, do you have anything to add from, from last week's last week's discussion? Any questions from yeah. our viewers? Yeah, I had a. Um, I was I was listening to what we talked about, and and we kind of I kind of touched on it, but I didn't do a great job on it. And it's kind of the reason why you have to be concerned about the declining lofts on golf clubs, and what it starts to affect is the separation from one club to the next club. For instance, if you have a twenty-one degree club and you have a twenty-four degree club in your bag. If you're swinging at 80 miles an hour, there's seven yards of carry between those two clubs. If you swing at 70 miles an hour, you only have five yards of carry between those two clubs. If you're swinging at 60 miles an hour, you have three yards of carry between those two clubs. And if you're swinging under that, you don't have any separation. They're, they're going to be basically the same club. You know, you back that up to like... Um, Oh, a seven iron and a an, uh, six iron. If you're at 80, you have 11 yards. That's, that's a good number. But if you're at 70 miles an hour, you only have eight yards. If you're at 60 miles an hour, you have six yards. And again, if you're less than that, you have three yards of separation. So one thing that a lot of golfers need to understand is if your club head speed is slowing down, you might not need to carry all those clubs in your bag because they're not going to make a whole lot of difference. You know, now, if you happen to have a, uh, a move in your golf swing where you flip the ball somehow and, and have a positive angle of attack with an iron, you might get a little bit more separation with lower club head speeds. But usually what I see happening is people with those lower club head speeds know the ball isn't going to get very high. So they try to help the ball up and the effort of trying to hit, help the ball up, they hit the ball dead square in the center of the club, you know, uh, using the uh, uh, leading edge of the club. And so they have a nice missile going at about a foot off the ground and, you know, they're relying totally on roll. So again, when we're, and, and which leads into our topic when we start talking about other options for those longer clubs you know, even for those of us, you know, in the 70 plus mile an hour range and even in the 80 mile an hour range, if we want to get some separation. So that I wanted just to touch base on that, make sure that people understood that just because you're supposed to get distance between clubs doesn't mean you get that distance between clubs. Mm. Mm. Hopefully that makes sense. Right. So. You were saying um, pretty much the the less speed, uh, the the separation is smaller, right? Correct. Yeah, because the okay. ball isn't going to get as high, mm -hmm. not traveling as fast, so it doesn't get as high. 
So it's going to come down sooner. It doesn't have spin on it because spin is a product of loft and speed. And so the ball can't fly. So it's basically, it's just, you know, like you have one of those little catapult basketball games, you know, and, you know, you, you shoot it and the ball goes this far and you shoot it, push harder. It still only goes this far because that's all the spring can do. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you said that leads us into today's topic. Uh, why don't we tell our viewers what today's topic is? Okay. So we're going to talk about the difference between your irons, hybrids, and driving irons. Because I get asked that often on the golf course. You know, mm. which should I be carrying? And I guess the first thing would be is the history. You know, why do we have hybrids? And it kind of comes out of the Ginty. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a Ginty, uh, Josh, but it was a wood. No. And I used to have, and I had have one somewhere in the house, but I couldn't find it. It has, the sole plate usually came to a V. And there was a lot of mass low because a wooden head really is very light. And so there was this metal mass in the middle that for, helped form that V. And it was kind of a, a club you would use to get out of like the rough. It was a club that you could use to hit, you know, exceedingly higher than you could hit a club of that same loft. And eventually it becomes a hybrid. And I started first making hybrids and somewhere around the year 2000 maybe 2001, a uh, golfsmith came out with one. It was a snake eyes and um, it was a great, great club. And the big thing, when hybrids first came out, they were designed to be an iron replacement. So if I had a, if I was using a say 24 degree four iron, if I had a 24 degree hybrid, it might be a half an inch longer than my four iron. It may be the same length as my four iron. And I would be able then to hit it higher because of the way the, the center of gravity of on a hybrid is further back from the shaft. So the shaft can bend slightly more and get the ball airborne slightly more. And I would get the same relative distance as I would with my four iron. And at the beginning, a lot of the hybrids were made with wood diameter shafts. And by a wood diameter, that's a 335, uh, 30, 335 thousandths of an inch tip shaft. It would be a shaft that would go into it like a fairway wood or a driver. An iron shaft is 300, uh, 3,000, let's try that again, 370 thousandths of an inch or a little bit thicker. Okay, they don't bend as much. Iron shafts are stiffer than wood shafts. So you would put a wood shaft into the hybrid, which also made it easier for the center of gravity of the head and the shaft in the head to line up, and it would help launch the ball. Well, then the big companies got involved because at first, again, the thing you always look at is what are the, the good, high, and as far as they're not making copies of something else, it's unique designs. What are the, the um, component companies designing? And that's what they came out with. And then the major companies started to follow. 
And probably about 2005, somewhere around there, you started occasionally seeing some of the major companies come out with hybrids. And at first, a couple of them were using wood tip shafts, you know, smaller diameter, easier to get the ball up in the air. And then some started using 350 tips, and then some went to 370. And part of the reason was, I believe, again, this is my speculation because I am always the person who's looking at things and saying, okay, this makes no sense. It's kind of like making women's clubs so strong lofted that they can't hit them. Why are the major companies making hybrids now with 370 tips? And it was because, in my thoughts, the PGA Tour discovered hybrids. How many tour players swinging at 95 to 105 miles an hour with a hybrid in their hand need help getting the ball up in the air? None of them. So they would need, want a 370, an iron tip shaft, because it's going to bend less. It's not going to launch the ball up. They like the forgiveness aspect that the head offers. It's got a shorter face, so it's already got a shorter center or lower center of gravity than an iron face. So they came out with the 370s. Then they started making them longer. So maybe I'm hitting my four iron. Let's say I'm hitting a four iron 175 yards. I would have people come in and say, well, I, I was struggling with my four iron. So I went and got a four hybrid and now I'm hitting at 190 yards. Same loft as what they had before but it's now going 15 yards further. Now, they were happy with the 170, 175 that they were getting before because their 5-iron was going 160. Well, their 5-iron still going 160, but now their next longest club is going 190. Right, that's a big gap. 30-yard gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of the hybrids started getting longer and longer and longer. So... That became an issue, and it's still an issue today. They are kind of uh, a mix between a fairway wood replacement and kind of an iron replacement. So what they originally were were iron replacements. Now they've kind of jumped that shark and are kind of trying to treat both ends, and that's hard to do. Because, again, we, we've talked about it before. The longer I make a club, it doesn't become easier to hit. So, for instance, I have my five hybrid. I carry that instead of a five iron. It's 24 degrees of loft. And I, um, my, my five iron would be 38 inches long. I made my hybrid 38 and a half inches long. I started off at 38, but it just felt too short looking down mentally i'm used to that toe being you know this tall and now i'm looking at it and it's hugging the ground because it's a hybrid head and it just felt too short and i played around for a little bit and came up with 38 and a half and at perfect length and again because my club head speed isn't getting faster each year having a little bit more club head speed just gets the ball up a little bit easier a little bit higher and I get a little bit more carry. I don't have an issue between my six iron and my five iron. And my four hybrid, same thing. I don't have an issue with, with distance separations because 
my clubhead speed has gotten to that point where I'm starting to not get the separation. So I needed to create a little bit more speed by making them a little bit longer. Um, but back in the day when I was a kid, you would see people carrying, you know, you always got four woods in your bag when, if you bought a complete set of clubs. You got a driver, a three wood, a four wood, and a five wood. And then they started introducing seven woods. And not long after that, and in fact, when I first started building clubs, I had built sets of all woods, no irons, before hybrids came out. Mm. I've made sets of clubs where they were all hybrids, but I also have made sets where they were all fairway woods. And again, those were wonderful for people with slower clubhead speed because center of gravity on a fairway wood is further back. You got a more flexible shaft, easier to get the ball up in the air. You got bulge and roll on it. You got so if you hit it off the toe, it doesn't fly out to the right. It will try to draw back. So you had all the, that going on with the idea that you have this fairway wood. They would be a little bit longer than standard. They were hard a lot of times to make them um, iron length, simply because the heads were up the weight of the heads, but. Usually the person who was doing that, going to all woods, they were probably in their late 70s and they didn't have the club head speed anyway. And they weren't, you know, they had nice smooth tempo. They were swinging a little bit flatter. They could handle the, a little bit of extra length. But, um, you know, the advantage, you know, a hybrid over an iron. A hybrid has bulge and roll. So what is that? The curvature this way, this is our bulge. The curvature this way, this is our roll. So if I hit it out here on the toe, there's something called gear effect. It's trying to bring the ball back from going out to the right, coming back. And that's those toe hooks that you see sometimes, or toe draws. Same thing if I hit it on the heel. If I hit it on the heel with an iron, going to the left. Well, with a hybrid, unless I hit the hosel, with a hybrid, it's going to swing back and try to go to the right. So a hybrid has that advantage over an iron. You notice how short they are compared to an iron. So the center of gravity is lower. The overall um, curvature of the sole, there's less club to hit into the ground. So it's something I could use out of the rough. An iron, what happens if you try to hit a four iron out of the deep, out of some halfway decent rough, chances are the hosel's going to flip over and you're going left. With the hybrid, you have a better chance of it being able to go straight, get through that grass, because again, the amount of surface area that's making contact with the ground is less than with an iron face. Um, you can make them open and closed. Well, the ones I make, you can do that. The ones at the store, it depends on what you get. Some of the um, old Callaway uh, hybrids, those used to be one and a half, two degrees closed. They were wonderful for a lot of people because what is the common miss of the average golfer, especially with a longer club? Out to the right. But if you had, and they tend, they were one of the companies that used fairway wood shafts for a while, and they put really flexible shafts in there to help one get the ball up in the air, and two, it would help um, 
with the golfer's club at speed, if they're a little bit stronger than the shaft, it's going to help the average golfer maybe hit the ball a little tiny bit more right to left. So you have um, the fact that you could have an open or closed face with the hybrid. You can't do that with an iron. You can't close the, you can set it up closed, but you can't bend the hosel so that the face is pointing left or right. Iron, it's just neutral. Um, you can play around with lie angle with the, with some hybrids. Uh, you have to know, find a shop that can actually bend them. Uh, it's not something that most places have, but they are bendable. Some of the ones, quote, that are adjustable may be adjustable a little bit in that way. I, I don't pay attention that much to the newer um, clubs, but I know in the past um, what it said and what it did, two different things. The other thing that um, I would encourage people to think about is if you're having trouble with hitting a hybrid versus an iron, a lot of people try to hit a hybrid like they hit a wood. So rather than setting up with their hand slightly in front of the, the shaft or the head and hitting, taking more of an iron swing, which is going to be have maybe the possibility of a slight divot after the ball. Most of the time when I would see people struggling hitting a hybrid, they got their weight on their back foot. They're trying to launch it and they hit the ball about in the middle of the, the sole of the club somewhere right around in here, and they drill it about five feet high, and they go, well, I don't hit it very high. Well, the other thing is, is they put it out on their front. I see a lot of people putting it out on their front foot like it's a driver, thinking that they will that will help them to launch it higher. Mm, you got to do a lot of other bad things in your swing to do that. Um, versus an iron, an iron, you know, how often do you want to try to take a four iron out of the thick rough unless you're like a touring pro who has like 115 mile an hour club head speed and is going to get through that rough? Not too often. You know, used to play at court at out at Torrey Pines after the, the tournament and uh, when they were uh, Andy Williams uh, before they jumped the shark with their costs, uh, the price of greens fees. And you know, you put a ball out in the rough a couple, you know, a week after the tournament was there. Eh, it's a pitching wedge and just try to get it back to the fairway if you found your ball. So iron's harder to hit out of the rough. Less forgiveness on off-center hits. Harder to get up in the air. So a hybrid is a, a good choice. But why is a hybrid better than a driving iron? And it's mostly a driving iron is kind of like a low-launching iron. Not something you're going to want to be hitting out of the rough because, it's again, it's got a big, wide surface. More of the club is going to get caught up in the, the rough. So you don't want to uh, be doing that because all you're going to do is turn it over. It's a flat face. So if you hit it off on the toe, it's going right. You hit it on the heel, it's going left. Um, generally speaking, lower spin rate. Well, most golfer, you know, the only golfer who can benefit from that is the guy with really high club head speed who can get the ball up in the air because of their club head speed. Um, the only positive thing 
with a driving iron. They tend to make them a little bit shorter in length. They're they're closer to the iron equivalent rather than, you know, like I was doing some research. Um, the average four hybrid, which is 22 degrees, was 40 inches long. The average four iron for a golfer is 38 and a half inches long. Average equivalent driving iron was 38 and three quarters to 39 inches. So it's about an inch to an inch and a quarter shorter. Makes it a little easier to hit. But again, it's really the only time you're going to be needing that or using that, utilizing that club. A perfect lie in the fairway. Slightly uphill, hopefully, to help you get the ball up in the air. But more is... You're tired of hitting your 300-yard drives because you're going to drive it through the fairway, so you need something that only goes 250. <laughs> and people like me, we don't worry about that too often. <sighs> your thoughts, questions. Went through a lot of stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So you were talking about driving irons or, uh, as some call them now, utility irons. Right. Um, you you look at the utility irons now uh, and today compared to, um, let's say, the 1970s. Okay. The Didn't base, exist. the base, the base of, let's say, a two iron. Mm-hmm. Um, of let's say, uh, what what was uh, I guess, McGregor's. Okay. <laughs> McGregor's were a big, big brand yep. back in the day. Okay. Um, so, so take a McGregor two iron um, and compare it to like a, a, a utility iron for Titleist. Okay. Um, the the bases are completely different. I mean, the, yep. they're a lot fatter. They almost look. If yep. you were to if you were to compare the two, it almost looks like the two irons nowadays look like hybrids compared yep. to those. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a, wide, a little wider sole. Gives you a little tiny bit more forgiveness. Um, they tend to be a little bit taller than a hybrid. So center of gravity is up a little bit. That's why it's more of a driving, boring trajectory. Mm-hmm. Uh, because center of gravity is higher. It also then tends to make spin a little tiny bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a ho- usually it's a hollow body. Mm-hmm. They can manipulate a little bit of weight. They can stick a little bit more weight out on the on the heel and in the toe so that it's harder for off-center hits to twist it. Mm. But overall, you compare that to the advantage of a hybrid, a hybrid will win nine out of ten times because it just offers more help. That hybrid, yeah, okay, it, you hit it on the toe with the um, – driving iron or utility club it's going right and there's no hope of it coming back where with the hybrid you hit it on the toe you got a chance of it drawing back in a little bit unless unless of course it went right because you hit it dead square center with a four degree open club face Um, but that's a different issue gotcha um yeah, as far as uh, as far as the hybrids and, and utility clubs go, uh, I think a lot was was touched on that. Um, club head speed as well. I mean, it was a great example uh, using the, the touring pros. Um, you don't see a lot of tour pros with hybrids. I mean, I remember probably a few months back, and I think this was probably almost a year ago now. Um, 
Rory was using TaylorMade's new hybrid and everybody was freaking out. Well, why would Rory need this? Why would Rory need that? Um, especially the the gappers, the TaylorMade gappers when they first came out too. Um, I mean, there a lot of pros were using them, uh, the the hybrids for for probably a vent or two, and you didn't see them use them ever again. So uh, just just using that example in itself um, just tells you that uh, clubhead speed does matter uh, when choosing those clubs, and um, it's it's a big it's a big decision for a lot of people. People want to hack it out of the rough with a two iron and think muscling it out of there is going to be the play. But um, like you said, the the center of gravity and how much mass is is behind it behind a hybrid, um, it's going to get you out of there uh, more, more, more than, than the iron will. Yeah. And there's less surface area for it to get caught up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the thing when you're looking at the, the pros and who's using a hybrid, it's not going to be the guy with the 125 mile an hour club head speed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the guy with the 110, 15 mile an hour club head speed. Cause he's sure. going to benefit. He's not going to benefit from hitting a low stinger to a green you know, that is surrounded by water. Right. But John Rahm can launch that thing 105, 10 feet off the ground and carry it over the water because he's got the club at speed to do it. Right. Right. So th- that's one of the things, you know, most, most of us mere mortals, we do much better either with fairway woods or with hybrids, and again, the benefit of the hybrid is it generally can be built a little shorter. Um, though there are fairway woods now available where you can weight them and keep the uh, swing weight at a reasonable level, and you can make like my three wood is forty two inches long, which is what I played when I was in college. Mm. And today, the average three wood is like thirty uh, forty four inches long, mm. and for me, I just, I can't, I, that's too, too long. It just feels wrong. Right. It causes, causes us short people to get really flat. Because <laughs> the earth just seems to get in the way when, with those longer clubs. Well, as far as questions so, go, Gene, uh, I don't, I don't have any questions, but you did say I, that there was a viewer that had a question about uh, the, the way the shaft bends. Right. We, he was asking about finding the position, the plane, the planar oscillation, it's called the planar oscillation plane, the, the flow where when you, you remember in the video where I would twang the shaft and you saw the laser pointing going straight up and straight down. That's the most stable position. And he was saying, well, how do you put it into the club? And I tried all kinds of different things. And everybody who is a club fitter or club maker has their own philosophy. I have put that so that the shaft where it would be marked is on the, this is the 12, you know, where the shaft was most stable and you put it in the nine in the three o'clock position to go in the direction of the swing. Mm. I have put it in the nine o'clock position, the exact opposite side. I have put it in the 12 o'clock position. I have put it in the six o'clock and what I have come up with that worked best. And when I would do, um, Testing with different golfers, this was what I found that seemed to be the answer to the most people, is I would put the shaft in, you know, I've got epoxy and everything else in the the head, it's ready to go, 
And then I would simply hold it so that this is my, you know, the top of the shaft is the the plane that I've marked that I want to, to uh, locate everything off of. And then I just let the club head hang. And the center of gravity now is lined up with the shaft because the center of gravity, I don't know if I can get far enough away from the, no, I can't do it. Anyways, the center of gravity of the head is located right in this area and it's lining up with everything. And that's a nice place to put the shaft and have it so that it is controlling the droop plane so that the shaft isn't like this as it's drooping. And I find that that just gives a more stable feel than putting it in the direction, thinking I'm going to get a little bit more out of the shaft. Um, most of the time, I found people that was not as successful in, in controlling ball striking as controlling how much droop there was. Again, that's my method. I am not going to go to the, the mat and say that is the only way to do it. Everybody who makes golf clubs has their own way, but that was my way. And I tried to explain in about a 14,000-word essay how I did that. And I think that was a more effective way, just showing them. Put the head on, hold the shaft, let it, it'll find its spot, and then just take it, set it down, let it dry. And that's the way I would do it. Very nice. And let's see, is there anything other than that? Um, I think we covered it, and we did it in under 30 minutes almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. a first for us. We're, we're getting good at this. We're getting better, for sure, 100%. Uh, once again, to all of our viewers and listeners, uh, just want to say thank you. Uh, we really appreciate your guys' support. And uh, if you guys could please give us a like and rating on uh, whatever you use to listen to us. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, uh, give us a subscribe and uh, shoot us a rating. Uh, we would really appreciate that. And if you guys have any inquiries, don't hesitate to email Gene. Uh, this was just a prime example. Uh, this email came into Gene and it was, a, it was a nice email and had a lot of uh, questions for Gene and Gene answered him back, and uh, now we're talking about it in our episode just to give everybody else uh, insight if you and Case had the same inquiry as another viewer. So uh, it, once again, if you guys have any questions, uh, that is an option for you guys. Um, and Gene, do you have anything to add to that? The only thing um, I want to add is, hey, Alabama, I'm still waiting to hear about the Robert Trent Jones Trail. What courses I need to uh, play in, <laughs> uh, in May? There you go. There you go. Gene, actually, I, I just want to tell you, uh, I'm going to be heading down to Florida uh, here pretty soon. Um, awesome. Get to enjoy the weather. You qualified? Spring break. Yeah, the, the spring, spring break. break again? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm always on spring break, man. Those college kids, those college kids, man, we're always on spring break. So exactly. it seems like it's never ending. <laughs> well, all right. Gene, Someday well, I'm going to go to college. One day. Thanks, Josh. A few, few days. Take care. Take care. You too. God bless.